All right, what's going on, guys? My name is Mateo. Welcome back. So, uh, we have a lot to talk about today. Uh, it's not going to be as long as last video uh, where we were talking about centralization of Bitcoin mining and everything being censored by OFAC and FATF and things like that. That was a pretty detailed video of that issue that I don't think people are aware of, but nevertheless, we're going to talk a little bit about climate change today. Now, we're not going to discuss the science of this. We're just going to go into how this is going to be affecting the financial sphere. We talked a little bit yesterday about how this is perhaps going to influence the centralization of Bitcoin mining because we see that Blockstream uh, is working on carbon neutral mining uh, with an investment bank from Australia. And that investment bank from Australia has also invested in Bitcoin mining firms in Europe. Uh, and Europe, of course, is going to make initiatives. I mean, this is a no-brainer to make it so that if you are mining Bitcoin as a firm, you need to have like net zero emissions or you need to be doing it in an environmentally friendly way. Uh, I think there's already been a narrative built for that with everything that we've seen about crypto mining being environmentally unfriendly and energy intensive and things like that, right? So I suspect that's going to be coming. And then you're going to see centralization from there because you you're going to have companies like Blockstream who are able to set up the apparatus to make their Bitcoin mining environmentally friendly in accordance with certain regulations, which I suspect are coming. Uh, and perhaps they lobby the government to set up those regulations so as to uh, make a higher barrier of entry that crowds out a lot of new market participants from Bitcoin mining, which gives them more market share, which also centralizes Bitcoin mining, which makes it more prone to regulatory oversight and perhaps blacklisting of addresses by OFAC and FATF. So that was pretty interesting, that conversation we had yesterday. But you're going to see more of this. Um, my personal speculation is that the whole climate thing is more oriented towards just having an excuse for a bigger government, global government, in fact. Um, and we're already seeing a little bit of this. Uh, and by the way, if my camera falls over, I just noticed that little tripod that it's on is like, you know, not legged out at all. So I hope it doesn't. But anyways, um, it looks like the whole climate thing is about a couple things. It, it's about growing the government because none of the arguments ever say, hey, uh, the climate's in trouble. We have to reduce the size of the government. We've got to stop printing money and taking all this demand for resources out of the future and putting it into the now by you know, introducing a bunch of debt and being financially unsustainable. No, you never hear about that. It's always, uh, we need to have more regulations. We need to have more emissions testing. We've got to make new things and increase the GDP, remodel all the buildings in the United States. I mean, you've heard some crazy things in regards to this stuff, all of which paradoxically seem to increase the amount of uh, emissions that you would have in the near term. Uh, but none of this is supposed to make sense. It's just supposed to scare you, in my opinion, into uh, vying for bigger government uh, because government is the only answer to all this. And apparently people seem to believe that even though the government can't manage a half-decent economy, this is what the 20th century was pretty much all about, the failure of socialism, the failure of communism, and how that led to, you know, piles of bodies, you know, stacking up to the stars, right? You know, I think it was like 100 million people who died as a result of, you know, communism and socialism in the 20th century. But nevertheless, I mean, they can't manage a decent economy, but we should trust them, guys, in order to manage... Uh, the climatological apparatus of the earth, uh, if that makes sense. I mean, of course it does, right? But that is sort of the initiative. That's the push. And de facto, of course, they're going to have to control economies in order to prevent this climatological catastrophe that they perceive is coming. And of course, they're bringing out uh, little girls in order to vie for the stuff, in order to weaken your defenses, to, re to weaken your rationality. Uh, like Greta Thunberg, you're just supposed to say, oh, like the little children are in trouble. The little children are angry. We need to listen to the children. It's the same thing that you saw in the United States with the whole gun debate thing. But uh, this is what's happening. Um, and there's this push uh, and it's going to significantly influence, I think, cryptocurrency, uh, tax administration, um, financial uh, uh, technology projects, and everything like this. And, of course, government regulation over everything. So th that's just how I want to start this because we're going to look into MasterCard today. Um, if you haven't seen our MasterCard video, go check that out. I mean, some pretty nefarious fellows are behind there, you know, CFR, Trilateral Commission. 
uh, the UN uh, are behind MasterCard. And MasterCard is, of course, invested in over 100 different blockchain projects. They're working with all the world's central banks uh, to create their CBDC, which, by the way, is going to make it so that they can print even more money out of nothing and make it so that they can pull more demand out of the future and make our financial situation that much more unsustainable. But again, that has nothing to do with uh, the environment to them. Uh, it's completely inverse. They want to use the central banks actually in order to fund ESG initiatives, which we're about to get to, which apparently are going to cost like uh, over $100 trillion, according to calculations, which is going to come from the central bank. So, I mean, the whole thing is just satanically twisted, of course. But let's take a look into this. Um, and remember, guys, this is pretty key information. Like, comment, subscribe, all that stuff. So... This is from the Climate Depot. Now, just to be upfront with you, the Climate Depot is a skeptical uh, place in regards to climate change. They've had a lot of climate skepticism. Uh, what do they call it? Climate denial. I've heard that term thrown around in order to have you associated with people who deny uh, the events carried out by the Germans in the 1940s. I don't even know if you could say the word. But again, there's, there's a demonization campaign that goes on with anyone who doesn't necessarily doubt that there's climate change, but doubts that it's catastrophic or doubts that uh, the government could fix the problem, right? Um, if you're like a free market guy and you're like, hey, maybe we should just employ economics, given economics is all about doing things efficiently, we should get the government out of the economy and therefore blah, 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 right? Uh, well, you're a denier. You're hating the children, right? Because you want the planet to be destroyed, I guess. So nevertheless, um, they have an article here talking about MasterCard joining forces with the UN. And we already know, looking at the MasterCard board and the MasterCard Foundation, which is a 10% shareholder, the biggest shareholder of MasterCard, that the UN is heavily involved in MasterCard already. Um, look at the people on those boards, very connected with the UN. Uh, so new CO2 monitoring credit card enables tracking of carbon footprint on every purchase, monitors and cuts off spending when we hit our carbon max. So it's going to be like a credit card. And instead of having a credit limit, you're going to have a carbon limit. And we'll get to this here in a sec, how they track all this stuff and how the Internet of Things is going to play into this so that everything in the supply chain is tracked in order to help Firms like MasterCard determine the climate impact of certain purchases and then limit your economic capacities in that way. Uh, so moving on, let me just make sure I'm recording. Okay, cool. Uh, the World Economic Forum praised Deconomy. And we'll get to Deconomy here in a second. Uh, while many of us are aware that we need to reduce our carbon footprint, advice on doing so can seem nebulous and keeping a tab is difficult. D.O., monitors and cuts off spending when we hit our carbon max. And that's straight from the World Economic Forum. So this is what they're working on. Climate Depot's Mark Morano, who is a climate skeptic. Uh, let me just be upfront with you guys. This is a little bit biased, um, but this is just what they are saying here. This CO2 monitoring credit card will begin as a voluntary measure, as everything does, right? With no mandate. Just as, of course, when you got the uh, when they came out with the stabby, it was voluntary. And then they started to bribe you, and then they made it mandatory, which is going to happen with the CBDC, by the way, which is what we've talked about here on the channel. They're going to make it voluntary to use the CBDC. Oh, you want to use different cryptos? You want to use the Lightning Network? That's fine. Uh, this is just another option for you, even though you're going to have to pay your taxes in the CBDC, which means a lot of the merchants are going to prioritize the use of the CBDC. But nevertheless, then they're going to bribe people into it. They're going to pay you to get into the CBDC, sell your Bitcoin to the government. They'll hold the Bitcoin. And then uh, you'll be able to get into the CBDC that way. They'll probably pay, pay you like a premium on your cryptos or something. And then they'll mandate it, which is what I suspect will coming. And then they'll crack down on the rest of the cryptosphere. That's what I predict. I know that's unpopular, but I suspect that's what's coming. So uh, just a short note on that. But how long until this CO2 card will be mandated by big corporations in collusion with governments, uh, given how the climate activists are aping the COVID lockdowns? And we have seen this, by the way. Uh, if you look at Justin Trudeau, who is completely on a lockdown campaign in his country right now, and they have the establishment of COVID. Oh, I just said it. Goodness. They have the establishment of these camps where they're going to presumably take people to quarantine them. Um, 
it just spooks me to even say that, but that's what's happening. Uh, Justin Trudeau had said that we've learned a lot in the last year in regards to our response to this bug, right, in order to address climate change. And you've seen, I believe, the Daily Express or the Daily Mail talk about this in the uh, UK. They said that uh, the lockdown uh, plan that we've put into place in order to adequately address this bug issue is going to be helpful, perhaps, in our capacity to address climate change and the issues with that. So perhaps this was some kind of uh, setup in order to kind of subconsciously prepare us that this is going to be a way of life moving into the future. Um, So just things to think about that. Uh, desensitization, I, I guess you could say. Expect this credit card to be mandatory under a climate emergency. Right. And every time there's a hurricane, every time there's a fire, it's just like, oh, the world's ending because of climate change. We gotta, we gotta move the steps forward. Right. Um. So get ready for a Chinese-style social credit system scoring uh, when it comes to your personal spending habits and how they impact climate change. I do think that's coming. A new credit card called Deconomy has launched that is working with that is working in tight collaboration with MasterCard and an alliance with the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change is now available so you can monitor your personal CO2 budget on every purchase you make. Doesn't that sound exciting, guys? Don't you want to know how much you're destroying the world with every purchase you make? Doesn't that really throw some wind into your sails? Okay, so next, the new CO2 monitoring MasterCard called Deconomy uh, debuted in order to enable all users to track, measure, and understand their impact by presenting their carbon footprint on every purchase. The credit cards feature the slogan on them reading DO, Everyday Climate Action, and have a personal pledge on the rear of the card boasting, I am taking responsibility for every transaction I make to help protect the planet. The MasterCards feature in the UN Global Climate Action logo on them as well. So, this is what it's going to look like if you're uh, on the MP3. It, it just has the MasterCard logo. It says DO, climate, uh, Global Climate Action, just as they talked about. So the world, and maybe like when they come out these and you can get different designs on your cards, maybe it has like, you know, seals falling off ice shelves into the sea, or, or maybe they have like, uh, you know, pandas jumping off their bamboo to their desks in order to you know, make you feel bad. I don't know what they do. Like, do you guys watch those, uh, nature documentaries? Uh, and they invariably have like those segments where it's like, because of your pollution and your first world way of life, this seal is about to commit, uh, self deletion. (laughs) You know, it says it in that exquisite British voice. All these beautiful animals that you're seeing, oh, aren't they so majestic? Isn't it just wonderful watching this film? And they're going to die. They're all going to die because of you. And it's just like, okay, well, let me shut this off and watch, uh, you know, Joe Rogan or something. Uh, World Economic Forum praised economy. While many of us were aware that we need to reduce our carbon footprint advice on doing so, we can seem... Hold on, let me read that again. While many of us are aware that we need to reduce our carbon footprint... Are you aware of that, guys? I just want to make sure that you were aware, do my part, advice on doing so can seem nebulous, and keeping a tab is difficult. Well, why does it seem nebulous? Uh, I mean, surely we should all be able to understand our individual actions and how it affects a global planetary complex system that's got millions of interdependent variables. I mean, surely that should seem easy, shouldn't it? Why is it nebulous? I don't understand. DO monitors and cuts off spending when we hit our carbon max, the World Economic Forum wrote. So, again, this is about social control. This is about economic control. It's not that complicated. The Deconomy credit card website explains, with fat, sugar, and salt levels labeled on food we buy, why shouldn't our CO2 emissions be just as visible? (laughs) Good question. Uh, uh, this type of information shouldn't be a premium or luxury that consumers pay for. Bro, who would pay for that? Do people do that? <laughs> they pay to see? I mean, talk about uh, masochism, right? But rather an essential part of every shopping journey. 
the website details how the credit card will help consumers understand their impact by presenting their carbon footprint on every purchase. So this is what Deconomy is saying. Um, Matthias Wickstrom, the CEO of Deconomy, explained, reducing carbon emissions needs to be prioritized by all parties. At Deconomy, we are proud to engage and educate around our lifestyle's impact on the planet. The financial sector has developed a tremendous efficiency. Now that same force can address the planetary fragility. And my question here is, is everyone going to have the same carbon footprint credit limit? The, the same carbon limit? Uh, are these people who fly on their private jets to these uh, climate summits, are they going to be bound by the same levels of limitation that us peons are? That's just a question I have. How many carbon credit cards will I be open, able to open? Uh, and what will be the consequence if I go over the max? Uh, will I have to eat bugs? Will I have to live in a box with no electricity? What are the implications of this is my question. Uh, this new CO2 monitoring credit card follows on the heels of new study of the new study in the journal Nature in August 2021 calling for personal carbon allowances. Oh, there you go. So you have it right there. Personal carbon allowances. Uh, that would monitor individual CO2 emissions through smart meters and tracking apps. Oh, I thought this was talking about, well, if you do nice things for the government, you can get a better carbon allowance or something. Uh, maybe if you're Greta Thunberg and you're uh, proselytizing the religion of sorts, well, then you can uh, be able to justify more CO2 usage, right? Um, the economy's new CO2 monitoring card boasts that has started providing 90 million consumers with carbon footprint insights. Oh, this has already started to happen. Uh, I was not aware they were this far. 90 million consumers already on this stuff. So this is rolling out, guys. This is happening right now. Uh, the credit card was launched with the aim of educating all consumers around climate impact information as a first step towards driving awareness around the climate crisis. So my question is, is... I mean, if you've applied for a credit card, you know that it's based on your income. It's based on how well they anticipate you paying your bills, your expenditures per month. How does all that play into this carbon card of sorts? I'm curious about that. The Deconomy CO2 card website claims that it is the largest initiative ever taken by a bank in educating its users on the impact of consumption. So they're calling it education right now, you see. Uh, it's not going to stay that way. It's not going to stay that way. I'm rather confident of that. It's not going to be about educating users. It's about controlling its users uh, in regards to their consumption. Controlling consumption, that's what they're talking about. Working in tight collaboration with MasterCard, setting a global standard for carbon calculations on everyday transactions. And so just something that came to my mind, when they roll out the CBDC, you're going to have these cards be everywhere. I suspect. I think they're probably going to roll these out roughly at the same time. And so maybe this is going to be part of their way of trying to control inflation by limiting people. Oh, man, this is going to make Monero go nuclear. Okay, so listen to this. By limiting people's capacity to buy a certain number of products, no matter how much money you have, it's based on your carbon now. Well, that's going to be deflationary because there are only so many goods and services which can be purchased. You can't have so many people going out there at once in order to, you know, just buy as much as they want, right? Uh, and so I suspect this is going to play into our thesis that we've had since the start of the channel. There are going to be a lot of goods which make their way to these alternative marketplaces. Somebody commented and said I should use the term DNM, uh, dark net marketplaces, I imagine that those are going to just go nuclear and explode in uh, usage. Because if you have controls on what you can consume, and you know maybe there are price controls coming because of the inflation, maybe that'll, that'll be a pretext to uh, what we're talking about here. And then maybe uh, you can't get into the economy if you don't have the stabby, which is another element of this. I mean, just consider all the variables at play here, guys. Uh, shortages due to supply chain issues, right? Now you have this coming onto the scene to limit people's uh, consumption uh, due to climate, right? I, all of this is super hyper mega bullish on the coins that we're into, on the freedom coins, on these privacy coins, because people are going to use these coins 
in order to engage with the black market in order to get more than they could otherwise consume on the system. You understand? So that is something I want to note to you. Um, and you're not going to be able to do this with Bitcoin. Oh, no, 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 no. Uh, because they're going to track that as well. And that's going to be tied into, uh, like if they know your address, then it, which is going to happen, uh, go check out our prior videos, everything's going to be KYC. Uh, you may have to register your address with the, the government uh, at some point, right? Well, they're going to be able to link that information with how much carbon that you're using on your credit card. Um, and so if they see you using your Bitcoin in order to consume more than you otherwise could, who knows? What if they have laws in place that make it so that you have to pay a tax penalty on top of that? I don't know. Uh, I would want to do everything like that in private. I would want to do everything like that in private. And again, I'm not advising anyone to break the law, pay your taxes, disclaimers all over the place, right? We're just having educational conversations, right? We're just educating our users here. Uh, but just take all, all this into account. Just take it all into account. I, I just This makes me super hyper-mega bullish on Monero. Uh, so going back to this, the Deconomy CO2 credit card. Yeah, we just read that. Deconomy aims to reach 1 billion users by COP26 in November. What's COP26? Uh, let's look that up. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, COP26. UN Climate Change Conference, COP26. Uh, it is the 26th United Nations Climate Change Conference. It will be held 2020 of November. What? Maybe they mean this year. Yes, yes. So this year in November. They want a billion users by then. Uh, that's next month, guys. Am I missing something? When is this written? September 13th, 2021. So a month ago this was written. So maybe these people are really ambitious or I'm missing how far along we are here. But uh, yeah, that's that's interesting, right? Just want to make sure we record. Companies, consumers, and communities must work together to make the significant changes needed to effectively address climate change. The MasterCard Carbon Calculator informs consumers about the new carbon footprint of their purchases so that they can make more mindful decisions in regards to their spending and contribute to forest restoration. Well, look, here's the interesting thing about carbon. Carbon is a food for plants and for trees and for green carbon-based life forms, right? Uh, and we've actually seen a greening of the planet as a result of the more CO2, which is moving into the atmosphere. There's about 400 million parts per, uh, or 400 parts per million of CO2. Um, and look back at the Cambrian explosion of life, like what, 500 million years ago? There was about 4,000 parts per million of CO2 of, yeah, CO2 in the atmosphere, so... Just interesting, interesting things to note. Uh, there seems to be some correlation, but again, we got to control the planet, guys. We got to keep everything as it is. The planet is not allowed to change, and it's weird. Like a lot of these people are like these Gaia people, like they're these like pagan Mother Earth believers. Uh, do you not trust your sweet mother? Do you not trust the in intelligence of the planet, which bore you, which bore the life you see all around you? You don't trust. That the planet knows what it's doing? No, the planet must be controlled. Screw you, Gaia. We are in charge, right? <laughs> you know, just things to think about. By embedding sustainability in the very fabric of our business, we can unlock the power of our network, reaching billions of consumers and partners, creating positive change for the environment. Oh, boy, this is making me sick. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, okay, so here we go. Nicholas Svenningsen, manager Global Climate Action at UN Climate Change Secretariat. I mean, guys, I'd rather be on food stamps than doing this. You want to talk about welfare rats? Holy moly. Uh, praise the CO2 monitoring credit card. What's really key here... Hey, that's my thing. Don't use the word key. That's me. What's really key here, according to uh, Nicholas here, is the availability of information. One certainty... One certainly can't expect people to change their behaviors and take climate action if they do not know what their climate footprint is or what their consumption represents. Well, I don't care what my carbon footprint is. You're going to have to make me afraid 
of the consequences of that. So let me just reform this statement here. You can't expect people to change their behaviors and take climate action if they do not know what their climate footprint is and are afraid of uh, the end of the world, right? Which is why you have this propaganda campaign, which is why everything like that is everywhere, is or what their consumption represents. So, yeah. With this data now, and it's not just going to be, oh, well, I know my footprint, therefore, blah, blah, blah. I mean, that presupposes a kind of rational economic actor argument, and that's been kind of thrown out the window. Um, Economic actors have been proven to not be really all that rational, right? I mean, that goes back to the pet rock craze of the 1980s where like millions upon millions of little pet rocks with googly eyes on them uh, were sold and there was an industry built on this stuff and I mean just look at the NFT thing now I mean you have people spending millions of dollars on digital rocks okay so just because people have information doesn't mean they're going to act rationally in accordance with how you'd expect them to be rational, right? Which means that there's got to be re-education of the population. There's got to be social engineering in order for people to be afraid of the end of the world and to act in accordance with this new religious initiative. So that is going to be coming. That's going to be coming. I mean, look how serious they are about this, guys. They're not joking around. Um, and this is just related stuff. Climate passports to follow uh, the bug passports could be possible. We could read into that more, but I think that's enough uh, for now. We want to stay focused on this credit card. So this is from Fast Company. Um, World-changing ideas. Oh, boy. This is from uh, July 2020. This free tool helps brands calculate the carbon footprints of their products. So this has been going on for a while now. A full life cycle analysis takes ages and costs a lot of money. The 2030 calculator from Deconomy. Here we go. Deconomy again. You know, we're going to look at this now. I'm sorry I didn't pull this up before, but we got to check out who's on the board of this company. uh, Deconomy uh, Company. Let's see if we can find some information on this. Uh, Because they seem pretty involved here. I'm curious just who's behind it about let's go here uh the economy began in 2018 as a tech startup to tackle climate change so much pride in these people you think you can control the planet goodness gracious uh uh is there anything about the team here employees maybe meet the people behind the project here we go interesting Mathis Wickstrom, CEO and founder. So let's learn a little bit about you, Mathis. I'm curious about you. Uh, there's not much here on Mathis. What is all this? I would like to learn more about you, Mathis. So they're not very... I don't need to see you, Mathis. I don't need just your picture. I want to know where you're from, boy. Well, maybe we'll look up this stuff later. Uh, but yeah, interesting stuff. We'll maybe do another video on this. We're not going to get into that now, but for brands looking to understand their environmental impact, calculating the carbon footprint of something like a pair of jeans or sneakers is typically a complex and expensive process. Well, why would you do it? Of course it's expensive. It's totally unnecessary. Therefore it's expensive, right? But a new tool called the, just my opinion, right? Called the 2030 calculator is designed to be both fast and free And free, I guess, which means it's probably going to be subsidized by governments, right? Helping smaller companies become more transparent about the sustainability of their products. If carbon levels were standard on products, it would help consumers make better choices. Well, until they're forced to make better choices, which I'm just, I'm so sure is coming. But in order to do carbon labeling, we need to re-engineer impact calculations to make them available to all small and medium-sized brands and not only the giants. Uh, Yeah. Just imagine how expensive everything is going to become as a result of this. Like, forget about the fact we already have inflation. Uh, Like, everything is going to be redesigned to become inherently more expensive, which is, well, we've already made the case for that. Brands can also label products with carbon footprints. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. 
Could you imagine? You go into a store, and as well as a price tag, it's got the carbon footprint on. Dude, you want to talk about 1984? I mean, at that point, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go like Peter Thiel and just make my own little island in the ocean. You guys can come by and chill. I'm just not going to want to put up with this. This is crazy. The basic premise is simple. If consumers know the carbon footprints of their products they want to buy, many will want to choose the lowest carbon options. Just curious, is that you guys? I'm just curious. I'm curious how many people are going to choose this. In fact, I may be the guy to look at all this stuff and be like, give me the biggest carbon footprint option possible. Uh, Just to stuff it to these people, right? The end result will be that we drive brand preference and we shape a new form of loyalty from the consumer. From, yes. So you guys getting a picture of this? So let's go here. 2030 vision. You all have heard about this. You know, the 2030 agenda is all about you're going to own nothing and be happy, of course. As... These people say right here, own nothing and be happy. The Great Reset's vision of the future. World Economic Video, uh, World Economic Forum video tells us about the plans for humanity in the year 2030. And it's got this simpy looking dude right here. You'll own nothing, be happy, and he's smiling. And you can see it in his eyes that he has been totally enslaved and conquered. You, you can see it, can't you? I can. Uh, yeah, so dystopian Great Reset, Klaus Schwab, you will own nothing and I will own you. Take us to Abbey and die, right? 2030 agenda. Uh, they've got the global goals, right? So again, you like, you want to opt out of all this stuff. Well, you still can't, which is why I, I look at places like Trade Ogre and I'm like, it, it's such a blessing, you know, that these exchanges are working right now. And I could literally go to these exchanges without much effort. Like just be really grateful for that guys. Like when you go to places like Trade Ogre or you go to other places in order to get access to these private cryptos. Because it's not going to just be, well, the market really values these private cryptos. Uh, they, they're going to go up nuclear in price. Like, I think that's going to happen. But furthermore, it may get to the point where it's just like you value having these currencies because it's almost impossible to get these currencies at some point because of everything going on here. They're going to not want you to opt out of their system, which means they're going to like shut off the on-ramps. And if they suspect you even have these currencies, maybe they just... You know, maybe they cut you off from crypto altogether. I, I don't know. We've already seen that in Canada, uh, if you go from, you know, your bit by account from your centralized exchange account, I think we saw this with Gemini too. If you go from there to Trade Ogre in order to buy cryptos on Trade Ogre or do whatever, they shut down your account. Your account gets terminated after they send you a, uh, you know, a uh, affidavit. And they're like, hey, could you confirm that you are using this non-KYC exchange? And then, you know, you go from there. So value your freedom coins, guys, because they're not going to be easily accessible at some point, I suspect. Um, And that could be in the case of them being either prohibitively expensive to get access to later in the future because everybody starts to wake up to this stuff, or it's just logistically it's hard to get. So. Just something to think about, in my opinion. This is all just my opinion. Let me know what you guys think. I'm curious. Um, so this is kind of what it's going to look like, guys. You're going to have denim pants, and it's going to tell you the total carbon footprint, kilograms of CO2 that went into making it. Now, it's honestly intellectually interesting to me to see all of the costs that went through the supply chain to come out to the final product. You know, product weight, 1,250 grams. Uh, they look into the materials, the packaging costs, the energy, the transportation. And who knows, maybe they'll have like a digital tag on there, which automatically updates uh, for every day that it's in the store so as to account for the lighting of the store maybe. Um, who knows? A digital tool that radically simplifies the process of calculating a product's carbon footprint by eliminating all previous hurdles. So we've talked about this. But guys, this is what is going to be coming for financial instruments like credit cards. And it's going to be integrated into the CBDC, I imagine. So I just want to end with this article here, which came out today, actually. Uh, Here is the hidden $150 trillion agenda behind the crusade against climate change. 
and crusade is quote unquote right if this from zero hedge and i know a lot of people are like oh the world's ending yet zero hedge but they have a lot of good key stuff and i, I think a lot of the stuff that they've predicted has come true like zero hedge i think was like the first news outlet which had said hey you know it looks like the bug came from the lab <laughs> like they said that I think like February of 2020, like they were way ahead of the curve. They're like, yeah, looks like it came from the lab. Let's look at Xi Li. Let's look at some of these other people who were involved. Uh, and now the media is now finally coming around to this like two years later, which is crazy. But yeah, they are pretty on top of the ball. We now live in a world where bizarro headlines such as the one below have become a daily, if not hourly occurrence. Treasury to study impact of climate on households, communities, whatever that means, right? Treasury launches effort on climate-related financial risks. Brainard, who is a uh, Fed uh, FOMC member, I believe, climate scenario analysis will help identify risk. And Kashkari, who is an FOMC member as well, or is a, uh, a governor at one of the banks, I can't quite remember, but he's a big Lex Luthor character here in this story. He's like, yeah, we need to save the world and we need to address climate change by the Fed getting involved in the economy to help that happen. We need to print money to support climate change initiatives, blah, blah, blah. Like, that's where he's at. And that's where some of the other people are going to be at, too. Brainard, climate change could have profound economic effects. Fed, to look at climate change from view of risks to banks. I mean, guys, does that not sound just totally ridiculous? Fed is taking the right course on monitoring climate change. Fed should consider climate change risk to financial system. Wow. So now, in case someone is still confused, none of these institutions and not a single of the erudite officials running them give a rat's ass about the climate, about climate change risks, or about the fate of the future generations of Americans, and certainly not about the rising water levels sweeping away their massive waterfront mansions. Exactly. So, right. <laughs> and look up Dan Pena. He, he has a pretty good comment on this, the $50 billion man. He's like, yeah, I wish I came up with a climate change scheme. Uh, it's unfortunate that everyone's falling for it, but I would have made a ton of money. Like Al Gore, right? Al Gore has made like hundreds of millions off this stuff. And he's one of the initial, we're going to die guys out there. Uh, if they did, the total U.S. debt and unfunded liabilities wouldn't be just shy of $160 trillion. Exactly. Yeah, so the central banks are going to pretend to care about climate change when if climate change is real, let's just assume that it is and it's a huge issue. And by the way, climate change is real. The climate always changes whether or not it's catastrophe, uh, catastrophic and it's going to end the world and humanity and all life on Earth as we know it. That is highly speculative, to put it lightly, right? Um, so the central banks have caused so much misallocation in the economy, so much of a waste of resources. Central banks have made it so that we could have our wars in the Middle East funded, which have caused you know, the destruction of entire countries that are going to have to be rebuilt. Uh, we've used uh, uranium-depleted weaponry, uh, which has toxicified certain environments, as well as white phosphorus. I mean, we've destroyed environments, and we've contributed a lot, presumably, uh, to climate change through our military interventions overseas. And that's only been able to be sustained by central banks, you see. So when we hear central banks coming out and they're saying, hey, we need to do more of what we have been doing in order to save the climate, just realize that's like a satanic 180 inversion of reality. So just want to note that. So what is going on? And what is it? And why is it that virtually every topic these days has to do with climate change? Quote, unquote, net zero green energy ESG. The reason, as one would suspect, is money, some $150 trillion of it. So Bank of America is now coming out with a report, and they are covering the transwarming world. Uh, is climate change transitory, Fed? <laughs> That's just a question I have, and serves as a massive primer to today's net zero reality. Uh, yeah. So... None of which happened to mention China's role in the global climate change crisis. Well, of course, right? Because that's where the biggest revenue streams are, according to Zero Hedge. Makes sense. And comes at a very precarious time for the green cause, just when soaring energy prices around the globe as a result of the escalating global energy crisis threatens to crush any grassroots support for the fight to global warming. Right. I mean, 
We've talked about this on the channel. Gazprom is going to make a lot of money. By the way, if you are in uranium and you've been in uranium because we've been talking about this for over a month now, you've been making out like a bandit. You've been making a killing. So congratulations to you. I hope that you benefited from our calls on that. Looks like it's, I mean, it's gone nowhere yet. I think it's going to go exponential. It's going to be like super key in this new, you know, world of climate change fear, right? I mean, people are going to look for other alternatives. Nuclear is the most obvious one. Uh, and that's going to become a thing. Your name's going to go really, really nuclear. So, you know, not financial advice, but check out Cameco. Cameco is interesting because Adam Prom is interesting. Uh, URNM is an interesting uh, uh, like ETF of sorts, which covers a lot of different companies. Um, Uranium Royalty is a company which is taking the royalty and streaming business model from the gold and silver space and bringing that to uranium. They've done exceedingly well as well. So check out those. I think those are just interesting projects going on in regards to uranium. So just something to note. Uh, none of that is new, of course. And while it is handy to have centralized compendium of data, a five-minute Google search could provide all the answers that are accepted dogma by the green lobby. So yeah, we don't need too much research into this stuff. We already know what they think. We already know what the deal is. But uh, Bank of America says that Wait, so l let me just step back a sec. Read this. But while we don't care about charts, the cheat sheet, or the propaganda, what we were interested in was the bottom line. How much would this green utopia cost because of the quote-unquote net zero, quote-unquote ESG, quote-unquote green narrative is pushed so hard 24-7, you know it will cost a lot. Turns out it does. Bank of America cuts to the chase and writes $150 trillion over 30 years, some $5 trillion in annual investments amounting to twice the current global GDP. So you'll see net zero, right? Carbon neutrality. You'll see that in Bitcoin mining soon. Uh, and just a question I have in regards to that, how's that going to affect the cost of your transactions on the Bitcoin network? Because if it, if it becomes more expensive to mine Bitcoin, because uh, the operations are becoming more expensive to set up, and if they become more centralized, then they have more control over the price and the fee structures, right? Uh, how expensive is it going to be to transact Bitcoin? And not to mention all the centralization that brings into uh, play uh, regulation, OFAC blacklisting, and everything like that. So just questions that I have in regards to that. So at this point, the report gets good. And this is key, guys. I want you to pay attention to this. At this point, the report gets good because since it has to be taken seriously, it also has to be at least superficially objective. And here are the details behind the numbers. Do we finally learn why the net zero lobby is so intent on pushing this green utopia? The simple answer, because it provides an endless stream of taxpayer and debt-funded investments, which in turn need as a just constant degree of debt monetization by central banks right so because they're going to have this become a moral crusade a moral initiative they're going to do things like you can't imagine like they've done this with past wars like in world war one you had the introduction of the income tax uh, in world war ii that was expanded to make it so that you had your taxes withheld periodically in order to have more revenue to go to the government, have more cash flow go to the government to fund the war effort. Those never went away. So when this turns into a wider initiative, we've talked about this before, they're going to make new taxation initiatives. They're going to have the central banks print more money. Now, Bitcoin bros are going to be like, oh, this is great for Bitcoin. It's going to increase the price like mad. We're going to be rich, right? This is actually great news. Here's the problem with that. We've talked about this. Go check out our crypto confiscation is coming video. We make the case, and that is based on our unrealized capital gains tax video. We make the case that unrealized ta capital gains taxes are coming. And when you have your inflation-adjusted gains in Bitcoin, in these public blockchains, they're going to be able to laser in and see that, okay? And in order to save the planet, guys... <laughs> 
especially if you're using these cryptos in order to bypass these green, uh, you know, financial crusades that they're going on where you're limited by not the amount of money you have, but the amount of carbon that you're producing, right? Well, they're going to make it, in my opinion, so that your gains that you get on your Bitcoin, on your cryptos, on the public blockchains are going to be taxed, whether you cash them out or not. Um, and so that means unrealized capital gains taxes. That means wealth confiscation. And this will not be difficult, guys. It will not be difficult. Now, in that case, a lot of people are going to escape to El Salvador. At that point, it's too late because you're going to have to pay exit taxes, which means that you're going to have to pay an unrealized capital gains tax basically when you leave the country on your Bitcoin, on your public blockchain cryptocurrencies. Uh, but who knows? Maybe you'll be able to avoid the worst of it that's to come if you're in El Salvador. But the problem with the El Salvador thing is, well, they have a history of socialism. And when you go to El Salvador, maybe Bukele gets taken out, or maybe it's just a new socialist administration comes into play because everybody gets envious of the rich that is coming into the country, and therefore they vote for socialists to take the wealth away, which is, again, not going to be that hard because these are public blockchains, guys. They can see your wealth. And so at some point, where are you going to run? Which is why... The Freedom Coin Covenant, which is why Monero is so, so key. Nobody can see how much you have in your balances. Nobody can see how much you have in your wallets. Hell, as far as anyone's concerned, I've never heard of the Freedom Coin Covenant. What is Monero? I don't even know what that is. You want to tax my cryptos? What's crypto? <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, too late for me, maybe not for you. But I think that it's going to be really, really key to get into these assets, guys. And we say this over and over and over again. Like, how good of a case have we made on our channel the past two months, the 80 or so videos that we've made? I mean, we've been pumping this stuff out. Some of you guys are just still in shock of like, oh my God, he's like, stop with the content. I can't take it. Like, seriously, we've made a seriously strong, robust case <laughs> as to why you need to get into this stuff. We've probably made the best case to get into these cryptos more than anyone has made a case to get into any other crypto period. Okay. And I'm not trying to be prideful. I'm not trying to be boastful. And if I am, Lord, please protect me from my sin. Okay. But... Seriously, check this stuff out. Not giving financial advice, check this stuff out. <sighs> because I, I think there couldn't be a more dangerous time to have all of your wealth sitting there for these crazy people to see. And you don't think they're going to come after it? Of course they are. Of course they are. Whether it's unrealized capital gains taxes, whether it's them knocking on your door like the KGB and saying, hey, give me Bitcoin. And then you're like, no, right? It, then you're gone. Like that happens in third world countries, right? Where you've got to pay off the police. You've got to pay off the border guards in order to get where you want to go. And if they know that you've got the cash, if they know that you got the stash, doesn't matter what the law is. There is no rule of law anymore, ladies and gentlemen. They're going to come for it. So just consider this, guys. Really consider this. And interesting, the next statement in the Zero Hedge article, consider this. The COVID pandemic has so far led to roughly $30 trillion in fiscal and monetary stimulus across the developed world. And yet, not even two years later, the effect of this $30 trillion is wearing off. Yet, despite the Biden admin, the Biden's admin attempt, uh, excuse me, let me just, the effect of the $30 trillion is wearing off, yet despite the Biden's admin administration, okay, finish your words, guys, to keep the COVID crisis at bay, Threatening to lock down society at a moment's notice with the help of the complicit press, the population has made it clear that it will no longer comply with what is clear tyranny of the minority. And so the establishment needs a new perpetual source of funding, a crisis of sorts, but one wrapped in virtuous and noble facades. This is where the crusade against climate change comes in. Yes, and they've already laid the groundwork for this. You already have a lot of people freaked out about this. So... Let's get to the conclusion here. And there you have it. Yeah, so as Bank of America admits, it's all about greenlighting the biggest quantitative easing episode in history. And if you don't know what that is, it's when they print money out of thin air and buy treasury bonds. They buy uh, other securities and mortgage-backed securities and things like this, right? So, yeah, they're going to use this as a pretext to print endless amounts of money. And to tax you more than you could even imagine. Um, if that sounds scarier than any religion in human history, it's because it is. Yes, and it is a religion. It is kind of a religion. And, you know, people kind of, you know, 
they kind of slag at me for my uh, faith in Orthodox Christianity. But look, if you don't have a higher loyalty or a higher God in your life, it's actually quite difficult to prevent yourself from having idols, to prevent yourself from worshiping governments or uh, you know, climate change initiatives or things like this. It's, it's hard to not have something that you're emotionally attached to that occupies your spirit and purpose for living, right? I mean, all of us want to live here with the purpose. All of us desire that to be the case, very fundamentally. Um, it's not healthy, in my opinion, and I've been in this position before, to have this outlook that nothing matters, who knows if we even have free will, uh, and then you fall into like a nihilistic state. But everyone clamors to have some morally righteous thing to fight for. Everyone clamors to be able to serve something, some movement, some community. It's within us. It's intrinsic. And so that's why I think Christ is so important. Like, if we all believed in Christ, we could like definitely avoid stuff like this. Now you may say, well, I mean, that's going to come with its own consequences. Well, are those consequences worse than what's going to be coming here? I mean, just take all this into account, guys. Uh, crazy people are running the show. So, don't want to rant too much on that. Uh, you guys know, I think, my position on all this stuff already. But I hope that you guys found some value from this. Um, yeah, that's it. That's all I want to say. Turned out to be longer than I thought it was going to be. I like to rant, if you can't tell. Uh, but, yes, tell me, know, uh, tell me what you think about all this stuff. There's a lot here. I'm curious your thoughts on this stuff. Thank you for checking out all this and making it to the end of the video. I know our videos lately have been a little bit long, but I hope that you uh, got some insights from it. I hope that, again, you see the value of these Freedom Coins that we talk about here on the channel. You know, like uh, Monero, Pirate Chain, uh, there uh, oh excuse me sorry about that uh you know Xano and some of those that we talked about right very very key uh projects which all should be top 10 in my opinion all of them should be top 10 but uh we're just ahead of the curve i think we're ahead of the curve so that being said guys uh check us out on patreon if you want to become a patron if you want to get some of the benefits over there and just support our work here that'd be really appreciated uh, checks out on Odyssey. Uh, I really want to move more people over to Odyssey, especially with videos like this. Uh, we're not going to uh, have the eyes of Sauron come upon us and look upon us very favorably when we say things like this. So go to Odyssey. Uh, I know some of the things we talk about here are contentious, and we're getting into an environment where uh, the people who are in power, especially over YouTube, are ever more sensitive of what we talk about. So checks out over on Odyssey, free speech platform. They're great. Rumble as well. Uh, checks out on Twitter. I've been tweeting more. Uh, and Telegram. That's it. And check out the donation links below. As we talked about in the last video, uh, if you send me a donation and you attach a note in the memo, uh, I'll have it be like a super chat. I'll read that uh, before our next video. And I think that'll be something cool to have as part of the channel. It helps you support the channel and it helps me uh, bring value to you in another way. So uh, thank you for tuning in. This is Mateo. Hope you guys have a great day. God bless.